It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to challenge us for the best deal on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to a brand new week of Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Oh, we're so excited in this studio today. And you can join us on Facebook Live because we are live on Facebook as we speak. Why are we excited? Because we're about to send somebody to Dubai. Well, just not today, but at some time in the future for four nights in a luxury hotel. And I want to welcome the lady who's put up this wonderful prize for us, Sandra Finnegan from Globe Travel. You're welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us again today. Well, Sandra, you were listening last week. They, some said it. supposed to sing it others said hello more didn't answer we had voicemails you name it everything you you know what happened absolutely people were ringing into the office singing it yes well look we met people all over the place that were singing this last week I mean one of the biggest competitions I've ever experienced I have to say on late lunch thousands of entries for this competition and of course we randomly rang numbers all over the place and the upshot is today There are eight people, a one in eight chance you have now, in the hat or going into the drum. Let me tell you who they are. The Siobhan Gray, Myrtle Carroll, Stephen Houston, Nolene Roach, Jerome O'Brien, Katrina Bellew, Mary Rogan and Alfie McGivern. I hope you're all on your phones at this moment in time. I expect you to be. Anyway, let me explain what's happening. And if you're with us on Facebook Live, you'll see this. We have the lovely LMFM draw drum here on the desk, as you'll confirm, Sandra. And this morning, Eamon, if you show me those envelopes there, I'm just going to tell you what we did so as everybody knows. Here are the eight envelopes. You see them there? They're numbered. So we're looking at these. You have it there. Look, numbered through one, two, eight. So what I did early this morning... I wrote out each of the finalist names on an LMFM compliment slip and put one into each of these envelopes, right? I then handed the envelopes to my producer. Louise will verify this. I did, Louise. You've numbered the envelopes, haven't you? I have, yeah. One Louise numbered the envelopes. Unknown what names are in those envelopes. And here we have them now. Eamon Doyle is holding eight cards in his hand, eight blue cards, and they are numbered one, two, eight. And those cards are going into the LMFM draw drum at this minute in time. Now, Eamon, give them a big shake there, will you? Give them a big shake. So let me tell you what we're going to do. Sandra is going to draw the winning number, which will correspond with one of my envelopes. She will open the envelope. I'll hand it to her. She'll know the name. She'll just show it to me briefly. And then we're going to make the call. So is everybody clear on that? Are we ready to go? Sandra, do you want to give that another shake there, Eamon? Go on, give it another shake just to be sure that the numbers are all shook up, as Elvis would say. Dig deep, Sandra, there, and pick a number, and I will give you the equivalent envelope. 
So what number have you there? We've got number six. Number six. So let me find number six. There you are. All your names in the envelope. I will show you. There is the number six. Do you want to open that envelope, Sandra Finnegan? I do indeed. Don't say the name. Very best of luck to everybody. <laughs> best of luck to everybody. The most depressing Monday of the year. <laughs> yes, it is, but we're going to it's make not gonna it. going to be for this person. No, 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 no. So don't say the name, but just if you would show it to me and then give it to Eamon and then it's heading. Let me have a look at it here until I see who it is. I see who it is. There you go, Eamon. Away you go. Give that to uh, Louise inside. Oh, the excitement, the excitement, Sandra. Absolutely. We're waiting for the cop. You and I know who yeah, it is. Yeah, we know who the winner is, and I hope they'll uh, be very happy. Yeah, so uh, Eamon Doyle has taken that name into Louise Walsh, and Louise Walsh is about to make the call in Studio One. And we'll all have a listen here now. As soon as the call goes through, oh, who is it? Who is it? I know who it is, actually. I do know who it is at this point in time. And uh, Sandra, what about Dubai and going to Dubai and as oh, a place? Jerry, it's one of my favourite destinations. It's got something for everybody. A little bit of culture, amazing hotels, you know, weather. You know, 12 months of the year, you're yes. always going to get perfect weather. Also, okay. during the summer, it's very hot, July and August. So be avoiding those dates. Here we go. The phone is ringing. The phone is ringing. Will we get an answer? I hope we get an answer. Come on. There's somebody there, I think. Hello? 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 Have we somebody on the end of the phone? Oh, my God. Try it again, Louise. Will you give it another buzz there? Give it another buzz for us. We're going to give it another buzz. There was somebody there. Did you hear somebody? Yes, I could hear somebody it, yeah. else. Now, this person is the winner, we have to say. We're not drawing anybody else. We made that clear from the start. We're going to call this number now again. And... Uh, Take down that take down that buzz there for me. Thanks a million. Yeah. Let's let's have this call made again. Somebody did answer the phone. Would you believe it? It's Sod's Law. Monday, this Monday, the twentieth of January. Come back about Dubai. Tell me about Dubai. Why do you love the place? Why is it so fantastic? Um just the the whole luxury of the place is just amazing. The standard of hotels, you won't come across anything in the world like mm. it. Um, a lot to do is with the people who work there. You get a lot of people from Asia working there and from India. Indian, Maldives, Philippines, mm. absolutely amazing service. Uh, beaches are great. Shopping is amazing. And the Burj Khalifa, which is the largest building in the world, uh, that's definitely worth a visit. OK, so it's an absolute beautiful place. Mm. All year round, good weather. All year round, Jerry. You can go into one of the shopping centres and even ski while you're there. Yes. In Malathi Emirates. It's absolutely a great experience. Beautiful hotels. Beautiful hotels. Uh, fabulous beaches and then you've got the fabulous man-made um, Pam which is definitely worth a, a visit a visit there yeah, as absolutely well absolutely gorgeous great great well listen we're trying to locate our winner I think we have them I think we have them hello hello hi Jerry hello who am I talking to Mary Hogan, Derry. Sorry, I cut you off with the excitement. You cut me off with the excitement. Mary, how dare you? Uh, myself and Sandra knew that it was Mary, that it was Mary, didn't Congratulations, we? Congratulations, Mary. Oh, thank you so much. I'm absolutely thrilled. Great. So you actually... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Who's with you there, Mary? Oh, oh dear, my your husband's there with you. Well, Mary, would you do us a little favour? Come on, sing it again for me. Fly me to Dubai. <laughs> she is an orchestra winner. She is a choir winner, I think, this afternoon. So, Mary, with the excitement, you cut us off in the in the initial I know, call. Yeah. Um, 
my oh my. Well, how are you? You are excited. Obviously, you are very excited. Thrilled, absolutely thrilled. I assume you're going to bring your I husband. I have a son, Mary, I have a son working in Qatar, so he'll be able to come over and see me there as well. Oh, fabulous! Oh, would you believe it? One of your boys yeah. is in Qatar. Yeah, he's teaching Qatar. He's teaching there, so you'll be able to make an arrangement to see him when you go out. Yeah, have you ever yeah. been? Have you ever been to the Middle East? Oh, I was over to see Joe. Yeah, in yeah, Qatar, yeah. but you've never been yeah. to Dubai. No, no. Never. <laughs> Never. Sandra, you wanted to ask a question. Who she's going to bring, is it? I assume you're going to bring your husband, Mary, are you? Oh, I have to bring John, yeah. Oh, oh I go for daughter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's going to be a row in that family. They're after winning a massive holiday and there's arguments already as to who is going. And are you, are you the lady, Mary, that told me last week that you were uh, singing the song to a number of phone calls, yes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who did you sing to last week? I wasn't taking any chances. I was singing to everybody. <laughs> everybody that rang it until we got to you, you sang it every time, did you? Every time. <laughs> well, practice makes fair with Mary. I, I, I remember now, she even sang it to her accountant, didn't you? I did, <laughs> As he was coming with the bill. There you go. Well, that's a little bit of a softening of the bill uh, from, from the accountant. Well, Mary, do you know what? I'm delighted for you. Congratulations to you. Absolutely. And give us a buzz in the office. And thanks to Globe Travel, fantastic prize. Yeah, it is a great, welcome. great prize. You're very, very welcome indeed. Anyway, there you have it. We've done the deed, and uh, we were on. We were with you there on Facebook Live. I'm sure you saw it all happening there, and it really was live. I have to say to you, she cut us off. <laughs> Wouldn't you just be as excited yourself? Oh, hit the button twice. Anyway, thank you to everybody who entered. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, congratulations to Mary Rogan, who is the ultimate winner, and to her other seven who made it to the final eight. Well, commiserations. You were just a whisker away from making it to Dubai, but perhaps next time round. Sandra Finnegan, thank you so thank much you for joining much, us. The show. Thank you very much for the holiday. You're it's wonderful. And to Emirates as well, whose sail is on at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Remember a them. Fantastic airline. To They're fly a with. wonderful, wonderful airline. There you have it. Mary Rogan is flying to Dubai. Isn't that just fantastic? Congratulations to Mary Rogan. Oh, my word. And I'll tell you, folks, I've just heard she didn't cut us off once. (laughs) She cut us off twice with the excitement. Anyway, we got her eventually. And well done to Mary. Enjoy that wonderful, wonderful prize. Now, no need to remind you of events that have just overtaken news everywhere in the northeast, in Ireland, around the world this last week with the horrific murder of Keane Mulready Woods. And uh, the situation is tense in Drogheda still and is ongoing. And there have even been developments today. Now, at the heart of all this, and I mentioned it on Friday on the show, in my opinion, uh, economically and socially, this area has been ignored for years. But there are great people on the ground working in communities every day, doing their best with limited resources. And of course, we have the wonderful sporting clubs across GAA, soccer and rugby and more besides. Joining me on the line is Des McDonald. He's the chairman of St Nicholas Gaelic Football Club, who are based in Rathmullen. Des, thank you for taking my call today. No problem at all, Jerry. Des, um, I spotted you in the Sunday papers yesterday, quoted extensively uh, about uh, your club's role and other sporting bodies in the community. And now you are at the heart of a major community here where its uh, its difficulties are well known. Um, You guys have children from a very young age. When do you lose them or what's the reason uh, you lose them? 
Uh, you probably would lose them around 13, 14, in around that age bracket. Uh, for whatever reasons, is, is we don't really, you can't really put your finger on it at the minute. And it's 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 cross, it's it's across all kind of sports. That seems to be the age gap where we need to kind of bridge it. Now, you, you take them on from what age in the next? When do they join you? From what age? From four up. Okay, from four years of age. So you do have them very young. How can you hold them, do you think, when they hit the early teenage years, 12, 13? What more can you possibly do? Uh, I think as, as as a club and as a community, you need to have more to offer them, offer the children now. Uh, as you know yourself, we're only behind you there, so we're in the middle of a big development there. Uh, and what we have planned to do uh, when, when the development is finished is maybe open a, a youth group club just somewhere where the kids can come and hang out. If they don't want to play Gaelic, even if they're in the field, you're associating them with that, and, and they might pay, pick an interest up in it. And then you, if, if you can keep the kids in off the street for an hour or two every every week, you have a better chance of holding on to them. And and that is the the key to this. Now, I know some children, Des, there are some children who are not football inclined or sporting inclined and they have perhaps other interests. And, of course, the problem is where they have no interest. What do you do there? How do you try and attract them or, or, or get them into something? Well, kids in that age at 14 or 14, they're going to go where their friends are going. So if you've four or five boys or girls hanging around together, you've a better chance of tapping into two or three of them so even if there's four in a group and two are coming, you, you, you can you can probably bet that the other two are going to come along anyway. So w- what you need, to, what I think, Percy, what we need to do when we get the kids in is we need to open it up to them. Uh, let them have somewhere where they can come and hang out. There's no one, you know, giving out to them. No one asking them to move on, and and make them feel part of, of a club. And even if they're not, if, if they're not going to play sport with you, just make them part of it. I think the GA in itself, and, and I'm only talking about the GA because that's what I'm involved in. It, it's the heart of the community. There's a GA club in every town, parish, village, all over Ireland, and that's why we've a better chance as a GA club of holding on to them and making making our plan in the next couple of years going forward is to make St Nicholas, Jimmy Pentney Park, make it theirs that if they feel that's theirs, even if they don't want to play sport, if they want to just come over and hang out where it's warm, have a cup of tea, whatever they want to do, hang out with their friends, that's what I think we need to be doing. So you are already as a group, uh, as a, a fantastic GA club in the air and have been for years, thinking about what more you can do, Des. Is that it? What more? What, how, can, how could we help you? How can people help you? How can government help you? How can the, the forces of law and order help you? How can communities help you? Well, look, as you know, funding is a massive part of every organisation uh, around the place. We were lucky enough to secure a uh, funding through Sports Capital Grant that is allowing us to do the development that we're doing now. Uh, but like every every club, and it's JEA Soccer, the Holy Family Boxing Club, and I'm sure they'd all tell you the same thing, they are struggling with volunteers to get involved. When we get this thing up and running off the ground, and we're going to start making phone calls now to people in the next couple of weeks, because it's not going to be a short fix where you can just flick a switch and it's going to be done. But we're going to need help. We're going to need help from parents. We're going to need help from the politicians, local businesses. Uh, and I, I'm not saying you just throw money at a solution and, and, and it's fixed. It's not like that. This is going to be a long bone process. But I just feel as as where we are in the community, we need to do something to try and encourage our kids in off the street.
Do you feel as a community at times you've been left to paddle your own canoe and neglected? Uh, not by the community itself. Yeah, but by... Maybe by the hierarchy, mm. yeah. Uh, definitely maybe by the hierarchy. I, I feel in myself, uh, GAA nationally could do a lot more. Uh, if they if, if they decide to, to send out uh, a newsletter, it'll probably hit... There's over 2,200 clubs in, Le- or in, in Ireland, so it'll hit all them clubs. Maybe if we get on, get on to... Like, I just take the Operation Transformation thing that they're doing at the minute. There's GAA clubs all around Ireland opening up the doors. Let's do that for the let's let's pick a night and open up our doors for the for the young people in the community. They just want they just want somewhere to hang out. They just want somewhere where it's warm and safe. And not have a vacuum where these other people move and attract these youngsters into. You you've lived here for a long time and your club is at the heart of the community. As I must mention, draw the boys are beside you there as well at the soccer club and you mentioned the wonderful Holy Family celebrating forty years recently all around this community community doing uh, their absolutely uh, very best. Does it dishearten you? Does it ever get to you? Do you ever wonder what where have we gone wrong when you see the barbaric murder of Keane Mulready Woods. Yeah, it'd it have to only get you. Uh, but, uh, like, you have to keep going. You, you, you can't stop. I have two young kids myself. I have, a, I have a six-year-old and I have a three-year-old. And you have to try and put plans in place now where this, this type of stuff doesn't happen again. I'm not going to say you're going to take all the kids in off the street and it's not going to be that easy of a fix. But, as a community, we have to start somewhere. As I said, you see these kids that hang around street corners and, you know, they're actually doing nothing wrong, but they seem to be annoying some people because maybe they're outside the house and, you know, maybe they're banging the ball off the wall or whatever the reason is. And, and genuinely, you know, from talking to people, when they see gangs of teams hanging around now, they're actually afraid of them. So if we can just create somewhere well, that, that they can come in, you know, do what they have to do, hang out, meet up, I just think we have to be doing something now. It needs to be said as well that life goes on in your communities around here and all around Drogheda that are affected. Today, I say it once more, people get up for work, they go to school, they drop their children off at school, they look after them when they come home, the communities are active. It goes on, but it's a small number that's really pulling the whole thing down, isn't it? It is only it is only a small number, but I think it's, it's, it's the same in every way of life. It's, it's that small minority of people. But you, you can't let it stop. We have great volunteers in the club. We have great kids in the club. And you have to keep it going for them. Uh, but as, as I said, we just have to be seen to be doing a lot more than we're doing. And I go back to the time even we did the graveyard clean-up where the five clubs came together. Mm. Like if, if the five club came, clubs came together again and opened our facilities for one hour a week, and if they got 10 kids, that's 50 kids that isn't going to be walking the streets of Drada for one hour. And it sets the wheels in motion to show them that there is an alternative, there is possibilities, you can go do this, you're welcome here. That was a wonderful success. We were just looking back at it this morning, actually, in in 2018, and we spoke to you back then, and look what happened. Um, Really, people power and club power on the ground. When you look at at the area as well, you have two wonderful you have schools there, St. John and St. John's and St. Paul's Dish schools, and they do wonderful work with children there. You know, it's not all bad news. No, it's it's not all bad news, and there is good stories there as well. And like 
people harp on it the kids have nothing to do but up around that area there probably wouldn't be a lot to do mm. you know if you had a, if you had a, an Ashford Fourth pitch there that was, that was free to use rather than you had to rent it uh, you, 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 as I said you're creating a whole uh, environment within the parish all within walking distance Absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, I hear what you're saying and uh, thank you for taking the call today. Uh, I really do appreciate it and it's great to hear that St. Nicholas uh, are leading the way at the vanguard of this uh, again, redoubling their efforts to open the facilities, make the facilities available, ask young people and attract them to them to come in and see an alternative to what is just such a bleak, bleak outlook for any child that gets involved in uh, the drugs war and trade that's going on at the moment. Des, thanks for joining me on the show. I wish you well with the in- initiative. Keep in touch with us. Well indeed, Jerry. Thanks a million. Take care now. Bye-bye. That's Des McDonald there, chairman of the St Nicholas uh, Club, uh, based here on the south side of Drogheda in Rathmullen. And well done to them. And I do mention again the Holy Family Boxing Club. We are wonderful people, Jim Gorman and um, the McKennas and all the people down there. And the Drogheda Boys Football Club are at the heart of it as well. If you go by there any weekend and see all those young people playing for Drogheda Boys out there on the sporting field and their parents and friends with them as well, it would do your heart good. And that is happening. That is happening. And that's been happening this very weekend, despite all. We want to get that message out as well. But... uh, they need support. Volunteers, if you can volunteer. Financial support as well. More on the social side. It's one of the areas that really has to be tackled. It's one of the underlying currents with the problem at this point in time. Now, just to remind you, there are many ways to listen to us here on LMFM Radio. If you have a smartphone or a tablet, download our app, the LMFM app, and you'll hear all your favourite shows, including Late Lunch, on the go. And you can bring it with it. We'll bring it with you everywhere. We're also on your smart speaker, so ask it to play LMFM radio and uh, you'll hear us as well. So listen in on your phone, your smart speaker, and uh, check us out as well on lmfm.ie. We're heading for news at two, and afterwards, it's all about sugar with nutritionist Rachel Graham. Yes, it's the third of our four-part series on weight loss with nutritionist Rachel Graham, who I'm delighted to welcome back to the show. Good to see you again, Rachel. Thank you, Jerry. I'm delighted to be back again. And thanks so much for your input to Late Lunch over the last couple of weeks, this week and again, please God, next week. Now, today is one I have been looking forward to for a long time. And, and it may seem strange that I say that because we all love sweet things and little treats yeah. and sugary things. But today it's all about sugar. Yeah. It's probably irrefutable now, isn't it, that sugar is linked to a lot of nasty yeah. ailments for us. Yeah, so chronic illness like cardiovascular disease that would be elevated blood cholesterol levels, high blood pressure. It's the it's the biggest driver of those two conditions. Um, also blood glucose management, so uh, pre-diabetes, type 2 diabetes um, and obviously then uh, obesity and weight management. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's at the root cause of that. Now, traditionally, uh, when I was growing up, sugar was in a bag by itself and mm-hmm. you added a couple of spoons yeah. to your tea or put it over your cornflakes yeah. or on butter and bread if you damn all else to eat. Yes. But exactly. my world and everybody's world has changed dramatically with this because sugar 
is right through the food chain now. Exactly, exactly. And when we think of sugar, we automatically think of that sugar in the sugar bowl, and that's called sucrose. But that's just one type of sugar, and there's so many different types of sugar out there. In fact, most sugars um, on labels will end in O's, O-S-E. So when you're looking at a food label, you can recognise them by things like fructose, uh, glucose, uh, lactose, dextrose, maltose, all of those O's endings. So that's my first kind of tip when you're starting to read the labels, okay? Um, but sugar comes in many different forms. So you've got it in liquid forms. You've got sugar alcohols. You've got artificial sweeteners. There's so many different types of sugar. And I think most people are probably um, aware of sugar in obvious sources, things like chocolate and biscuits and cakes and even fizzy drinks. But I think what I want to make people more aware of today is the hidden sugar, which is in foods where you don't expect it to be contained in. And that would be mostly savoury foods. So things like maize mayonnaise and ketchup and even crisps and bread. So sugar is there in those foods and a lot Mm. of those foods are on everybody's table most days of of the week as well. But just come back to that O. So O-S-E, when you see that word on a label, that is the sugar element of that particular food. Exactly. And again, you know, I always watch for saturated fats with this old ticker of mine and try to be on the low side with foods. Should we be looking for the same on labels as low as possible? Yeah, so I think the first thing that you should look at on a label of a food is the portion size because a lot of the time when they're listing the nutritional content they're actually putting it for a portion size of about 30 grams but most most serving sizes are at least 100 grams so when they're listing the sugar content of that it only equates to 30 gram portion so I'm talking about let's say cereals which would be one of the biggest offenders you know and even things like flavoured oatmeal as well that would be um, very high in sugar so just look at the portion size 30 grams is nothing it's literally two tablespoons and you're going to have a lot more than that of a, of a serving size of cereal. So, how, As a rule of thumb, how, how much sugar in excess to what we should be taking each day are we all consuming? OK, so the World Health Organization recommends about six, no more than six grams, um, sorry, six teaspoons of sugar a day. OK, so um, if you think about the average teenager is having a can of fizzy drink every day, plus a lot of other sources of hidden sugar, they're already over their limit of sugar just with one can of fizzy drinks. So one can will knock you over. Yeah. What's recommended? What's recommended by the World Health Organization, yes. Where do you stand on the diet drinks? The, 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 the no uh, sugar, with, zero with the artific- sugar. Okay, so the artificial sweeteners are contained in all of the diet drinks. And the things with artificial sweetener is that they actually, uh, yes, they have no calories, okay, but they actually confuse your body because your body is expecting calories with that sweet taste. And by the way, artificial sweeteners are about 300 times sweeter than sugar. So that combination of no calories and a sweet taste confuses your body, which makes them think, okay, I'm going to send you off in search of calories now, which increases your appetite and actually causes you to wait to gain weight. And what about for people who've given up sugar in their tea or in their coffees mm-hmm. and popped these little, you know, sweeteners into them? That's, what about those? That's exactly what I'm talking about. The same. Are, yeah, stevia, all those artificial sweeteners um, are just, they're going to cause weight gain because they're going to increase your appetite. And also artificial t- sweeteners generally are uh, sugar alcohols, which actually uh, cause diarrhoea and all c- sorts of gastric symptoms, unpleasant gastric symptoms.
Isn't that interesting mm. to, to just let that into Sink our thoughts in. for a yeah. moment and think about that, the drinks and all those mm. artificials as well. You know, when you see in yogurts, this is another thing for me, 0% yeah. fat in yogurts yes. and everyone goes, wham, we'll have those. Yeah. Is it compensated on the other yeah, side? Of course it is. So in order, by removing fat, they've immediately taken out a huge kind of texture, texture aspect of the, the product. So they have to somehow replace that. So what they do is they add in a lot more sugar and they say and advertise on the label sugar free, but it's actually stuffed probably full of artificial sweeteners. So you mentioned bread there, mm. uh, bread, but, but you have said here in previous weeks to me that a good whole grain bread, yeah. yes, okay with that. But you have to read the label because sometimes there can be sugar contained in that. So, so look for the OSE. Yeah, so maltose, for example. <laughs> okay, yeah. OSE, are you listening yeah. to that on all the labels? I want to see you all in there yeah. looking at these labels for, from now mm. on. Um, what else do you say? Bread, um, crisps, mayonnaise, the tomato sauce. We love Heinz tomato ketchup here. Yeah, well. Yeah, you're actually, it's easy to make yourself. And, um, you know, that's something that I could probably provide for you and your listeners is a really nice tomato ketchup recipe. And Do that. And there's better alternatives. In fact, there's a fantastic um, Irish uh, brand that's been on sale now in Aldi, uh, a lady who started making it in her kitchen and it's now on sale in Aldi. So the hidden sugars are the ones that we really have yeah. to sit up and take notice yeah. of. Now, look, talk to me about wine and alcohol for a moment. <laughs> are you laughing now? Are you going to deny me? I can see myself here getting withdrawal symptoms already. Um, we're going to talk about withdrawing from sugar in a few yes. moments. But look, what about wine and alcohol? How, how high, high in sugars? Yes, yeah, so fortified wines like ports and, you know, um, sherries and things like that. Yes, very high in sugar. Uh, dry white wine is, has less sugar. So that would be a good option. For me, the best wine option is always a really good red wine because it's high in those antioxidants that I mentioned last week, the resveratrol. Mm. What about beers? What about beers? What about- <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know a lad yourself, he likes an old pint yeah, now and again. What, yeah. what do you say about that? Well, the least processed, you know, that you can get, um, I would say, is the best. I'm not an expert on beer, so I can't really comment on okay. that. Um, somebody saying there did Rachel say about the zero drinks in cans you did yes. it is those zero yeah, sugar exactly. drinks yeah. in cans it's, that, not, that- it's, not, it's not just the artificial sweeteners it's the chemicals the toxins that are you know added um, to those drinks you know the, the flavour enhancers the colourings it's just you know it's, it's a chemical storm Mm. Others that come to mind, sauces. You know these ready-made sauces, you can put water into them, whip them up or milk into them or things like yeah. that. Possibility of sugars Abs- hidden absolutely. there? Absolutely. I mean, there's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. There's kind of those tomato sauces in jars. Um, and, you know, even some of those companies have come out and said, we do not recommend that you eat our product every single day. Spreads, low-fat spreads. Yeah, because that is that hydrogenated fats that I was talking about last yeah. week as well. And so those are very, very damaging because they have been denatured, you know, through high heat or high pressure or both. And that's also not good. And they will also have, you know, uh, sugar added to them in some cases, not all. But you just really need to read your labels. You touched on it a moment ago. And it's a big thing for parents with children at morning time, mm. getting something into them before they go to school. Yeah. And I know we talked about porridge last week, yes. doing the eggs, the avocados, yeah. things like that. But those cereals, I was in the supermarket mm-hmm. the weekend thinking about you coming down. I was looking at all these lines of sugar-coated cereals, mm-hmm. chocolate-coated, 
they, I take it there should they should be oh, avoided. It's terrible. I mean, I think it's very hard for parents to say no to a child that is crying, looking for one of these cereals or one of these yogurt pots or something like that that's been endorsed by their favourite cartoon character, for example. You know, and I really think that supermarkets um, have a responsibility to actually, you know, uh, reduce the amount of offers that they have of two for one. You know, buy one get one free. And on, I, I was horrified at Christmas time to walk around the aisles and see these boxes of Quality Street and things like that piled like waist height for four euros and people going out with armfuls of them not realising, you know, that this is actually that's not a gift for somebody, you know you're just, um, you're really not doing them a favour by giving them that. Are we really and have we been creating an addiction for our children? I think so, you know, there's, because food manufacturers are very aware of the addictive nature of sugar, you know, because the more we consume it, the more we crave it and therefore the more we buy it. And they're very aware of that. So, um, you know, it's I, I really think that, you know, the only option really is to uh, choose whole foods and to look at better sugar alternatives. So we can eat and live well and be satisfied and not become addicted it's it, it, it's possible and really easy when you get in on the on the routine of it well, I think, you know, initially weaning yourself off sugar is 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 quite difficult, depending on your sugar uh, addiction or dependency. You know, if it's really bad, then yes, it's it's going to take a couple of weeks and it, and it could be difficult for you. You could get some withdrawal headaches and, and a lot of, you know, other unpleasant symptoms. But once you do that, because as long as you are consuming sugar, you're literally on a hamster wheel and you can't get off it. So you really need to cut it out. I'm sure people are thinking today, my word, what are we going to do when we go shopping this weekend? Yeah. What are we going to do in our homes for our families? Yeah. This sounds like we're being bombarded with sugar left, right and centre. Pretty much we are, yeah. Because it um, it's cheap, it's it tastes good and it's addictive. And as I said, the food manufacturers know that. So they're adding it into their products and you see how cheap the processed and you know highly sugar, high sugar foods are. They are really, really cheap and therefore it's kind of nearly irresistible for people. Okay, so here we go. Mm -hmm. I want from tomorrow to reduce my sugar Mm -hmm. intake. First of all, I have to say to you, it's probably nearly impossible to kick it all at once. How Mm -hmm. should I go about it? Well, I think take it in stages, first of all, okay, because depending on your sugar dependency, uh, as in maybe you might be consuming a lot of uh, sugary drinks, a lot of sports drinks, maybe a lot of, you know, sweets, jellies, things like that. So you need to take it slowly. First thing I would say is to maybe stop adding sugar to your tea and coffee, to hot drinks. I've done that years ago, thank God. And I just did it like that cold turkey and I've never gone back. I couldn't, actually, when you go off, and I'm going to tell people this, you nearly get sick if you tasted sugar yeah. or in coffee or tea now. Yeah. Because you can train your palate to become used to that. And actually, when you go back and try something that you might have enjoyed previously, it tastes unbelievably sweet. It Mm. is so, so sweet. Mm. So it just shows you. But you see, you become used to that. Mm. And this is one of the other points that I wanted to talk to you about, Jerry, was that just how sugar affects your brain because it actually alters your reward pathways. Because sugar kind of gives you like a dopamine hit. You get this sugar high when you consume sugar. And that, you know, alters your your reward pathways. So it actually causes you to uh, crave and eat more and more sugar in order to get the same high. So over time, what happens is that you get this progressively worsening addiction to these low nutrient uh, foods like sugar, fat and salt. So it's really, really important that you just start slowly but surely removing the points of sugar in your life. So I mentioned there initially the hot drinks. 
then go with uh, the likes of any of the savoury foods that you're consuming that you know would have, you know, I've just told you have sugar in like mayonnaise, ketchup, the bottle sauces, things like that, the crisps, the certain breads and just remove those and then look at your actual sugary treats that you might consume and think, okay, what can I do here? So you might be saying, okay, my yogurt's fine. Then you look at the label and you go, oh God, it's full of sugar. And the same with maybe like protein bars and things like that. So all of these sources need to be removed one by one by one. And as you start to do that and you replace them with kind of naturally occurring sugars in fruits and vegetables and grains, then you're, you're training your palate and it's becoming more used to less sugary foods. And then you can actually include better sources of natural sugars, which are things like local honey that we've spoken about in the past, and also uh, organic maple syrup, which would be another really good uh, source of sugar. So it's okay to go with those. But all, all those things you mentioned there, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a gradual process. As yes. you say, one by one. Mm-hmm. Say, say you take a week to do one or two weeks gradually removing all of this yeah. and getting to a point. Those natural sugars, good for you? Na- all natural sugars? So in the likes of the maple syrup, you no, mean? No, in fruit. Oh, in fruits and vegetables, in yes. Vegetables, naturally occurring. Uh, you know, Absolutely, you're... yes. Because they contain fibre. So some people say, oh, I'm not eating fruit because it's so high in sugar. But that is nonsense because it contains so many beneficial nutrients and minerals as well as the fibre, which is so important for you. And that slows the digestion and the, the absorption of the sugar into your system. So I work at this and bit by bit I reduce, eat better quality bread, bake your own if you yes, can exactly. as well, yeah. you know, drink lots of water. I'm tying together other aspects yeah. of what you mentioned to us in yeah. previous weeks. But you know when you have the cravings, how, how do you deal with, with with the cravings? Yeah, so I am... Um I think certain uh, you can make certain better choices is what I would how I would describe it. So I understand that there is, you know, from time to time you want to have a nice sweet treat. So just use a better source of sweetener. So I use organic maple syrup because it has antiviral and antimicrobial properties similar to honey, but actually it has about 15 times more calcium than honey. And it also is very high in antioxidants and um, anti-inflammatory properties. So it's really, really good. It's a really good um, sweetener of choice to use for anybody who might have any kind of gastric issues, maybe like IBS or something like that, because it won't cause any adverse symptoms. Um, And it's just a a really great way of of using in uh, granolas or in desserts or things like that. You've brought little treats for myself and Louise, which we're going to enjoy after mm-hmm. the show. Your almond butter on apple slices with yeah. little, what, goji berries on the top there? Yeah, so I call them my apple donuts. So I've basically cored an apple, so you get that hole in the centre and yeah. it looks like a donut. And then I've just spread my own homemade almond butter on it. Now, you can buy really good almond butter, which is fine as well. And then I've just sprinkled some desiccated coconut, which is adding good essential fats. And the goji berries are very high in antioxidants. So that's just a lovely treat. It looks really pretty as well. It's very transportable. And that is a very satiating treat for you. And it will also keep your blood sugars balanced. So you're not getting those cravings. I got the uh, almond butter. It was a crunchy and a smooth. I went for the smooth. It doesn't yes. matter. One or the other. Yeah, I, I personally like the smooth as well. Yeah, okay. So 
Yeah, I would choose that one. And um, and then the other thing that I have here is my homemade granola, which I gave the recipe for. And this is sweetened with maple syrup and also with cinnamon. So remember, you, I was Love talking it. about cinnamon. Yeah, yes. so cinnamon is a natural blood sugar balancer. So it's really, really beneficial for controlling those cravings as well. So I could sprinkle that over the... You could. You could... You know, apple there. Yeah, exactly. Or over my porridge in the morning. Yes. A little bit of honey lovely. and that. Would that be okay? Yet? That'd be lovely because you're adding in some good seeds there, nuts and seeds, and um, you've got the cinnamon in that. There's actually quite a lot of cinnamon in that. And you could also serve it with some nice probiotic live uh, yogurt and have some blueberries with it. So it's a great snack option. It's a great breakfast option. So this is what I mean. It's not all doom and gloom with me that I'm saying, like, you can't have anything sweet. No. I'm just saying remove the bad stuff that yeah. is not uh, adding, uh, giving you any nutritional benefits whatsoever and add in some more beneficial options to your diet. Hi, Jerry. <laughs> I have high blood pressure. My cholesterol is over six. I mm-hmm. have a sweet tooth mm-hmm. and uh, keep myself active. Any tips from Rachel as to how I could lower my cholesterol? I drink a Benacol every day. Oh, OK. Benacol known for having very, very high sugar. So a lot of those little kind of yogurt drinks, uh, Benacol, Yakult, they have sometimes over 12 grams of sugar mm. in them. So really not good. I would say switch it out for um, a natural pro- live probiotic yogurt. Add in the blueberries, which are very heart healthy as well, high in fibre. And switch out all of your refined white carbohydrates, which would be white flour, white rice, white pasta, white noodles for the whole wheat version. Because basically all of those white refined carbs will convert very quickly to sugar. And as I said at the beginning of this segment, that, that is a major driver of cardiovascular disease. That's an interesting one. Jerry, can you ask Ray- Rachel her opinion on sugar-free chewing gum. <laughs> well, it's containing probably sorbitol, which is a sugar alcohol, which I was talking about before. Mm. And chewing gum can also create a lot of wind, and uh, which is mostly unwanted. And then I think that uh, just those sweeteners aren't uh, really any good for you because they confuse your body, as I was saying, you know, and, and actually can increase your appetite and cause you to gain weight as a result. When I make this transition, ultimately, am I allowed allowed a little treat at all each day or... Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, again, it's about introducing, you know, things like dark chocolate would be really good because it's very low in sugar in comparison to milk chocolate or even white chocolate being the worst offender. It's the highest in sugar. Um, But dark chocolate is really, really good for you. (laughs) The milky bar kid. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, one of my childhood memories there, Yarn. We thought we were great and all we were doing was eating reams of sugar. Anyway, so dark chocolate. What else? What else? for treats? Um, so medjool dates are fantastic. Have you ever heard of medjool dates? So they're larger dates. They're much softer. They contain the stone. You can buy them in a good greengrocer and you could actually put a spoon, cut them open or just prise them open and put a spoon of almond butter into them. You're basically making a homemade Twix there. <laughs> <laughs> My God, now there's one for you this yeah. afternoon to do. Yeah. But th- you're saying there are still, you can, can still have a treat as well. Yeah, What's so there's lots of other things. I mean, yeah. using things like like um, apples and uh, carrots and raisins and the you know nice dried fruits and things like that in your baking and cooking is a great way. Um, if you're going to make, let's say, an apple pie, choose nice eating apples like Pink Ladies or Cox's Pippins or something like that that you can not have, you don't have to add in sugar, Yes, you know. Um, and then uh, just using things like granola to top the apples to make a really nice um, crumble 
you know, instead of using the flour and the butter and the sugar, which would be the classic way. So there's ways around all of this that you can still enjoy delicious food, but they're whole foods and they have more benefits to them. I'm just thinking, I love a tart apple tart mm. tart with a, with a very thin pastry, but a little r- f- cream on it then, you know, yeah. fresh cream a little bit yeah. gives you the, the yeah. yin and the yang as mm-hmm. well. God, mm-hmm. you have me going here altogether. <laughs> Ultimately, when you do this, what difference will it make to me or to anybody who starts to remove this sugar and do this right? Okay, well, sugar is a known stimulant. So, you know, when you're constantly trying to stimulate your body in order to be able to carry out everyday tasks, it's very damaging over time to your health. I just mentioned there previously what it does to your brain. But you, what you will notice is that your blood, because your blood sugars are now balanced with whole foods, um, you're not having these uh, peaks and troughs with energy levels. So you're just going to feel more energised. You're going to notice that your concentration improves, that your memory improves as well. Um, because you'll be drinking more water also. So you're just overall energy levels and feeling satisfied. You're not going to have weight gain either because sugar is a massive driver of that. So, you know, there's huge benefits. And sorry, one more thing that I just mentioned, it's sugar is also very ageing on our cells. So as women, you know, we're very conscious of our appearance and, you know, we want to look good. And it's just so ageing on your skin. It's unbelievable. So once you start cutting out sugar, you'll notice a massive improvement in your skin. I'm just thinking there, you know, you talk about, you mentioned the mayonnaise and the sauce and that as Mm. well. The processed tins of beans and peas and everything else Mm. besides. You know, you're better nearly going to the frozen cabinet, to the frozen peas and getting those there. Yeah, lovely garden peas Yeah, Yeah. and the frozen berries and all of Mm. those things. I mean, I'm a big uh, user of frozen um, beans and peas and things like that myself, you know. Mm. So um, you don't need to buy uh, beans at all. You know, you can actually make your own, you know, again, with the tomato sauce that I was talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can meal prep is a huge part of this being prepared, you know. Well, we're doing our best to prepare (laughs) you each week with Rachel Graham during January. Check her out, Rachel Graham Nutrition and our contact number. I'll give it to you again is 087-219-7968, available Mm -hmm. here from the main LMFM number. We round off our series for January with Rachel next Monday at the same time. I'm looking forward to it already. Thank you so much for a wonderful uh, lesson on sugar this afternoon. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Jerry. Yes, just reminding you again, in case you weren't with us, top of the show, we did the draw for the uh, flights to Dubai and the four-night stay. And the winner was Mary Rogan. And we say congratulations to her again. If you want to get in touch with us on the show, reminding you of the numbers, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. So you can call in at 1850-715-958. Now, although it's many years since my next guest lost his son, Paul, He still wishes to this day that he did things differently. Frank Wright is here to urge parents to go with their gut and don't wait to get sick children help. Frank, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Thank you for joining me on the show. Let's go back all those years and talk about your son, Paul. What age was he at the time, Frank? Paul was eight and seven months. And he had a bit of an accident. Was it with a bike or something? That's correct, yeah. I went home one one evening from work and um, when I went into the house in the kitchen area, my wife at the time, Paul's mam, she was uh, standing over at the sink and there were a couple of neighbours there also and um, they were cleaning blood from Paul's face. So um, 
I was advised as to what had happened. And Paul was out riding his bike and he hit the back of a parked car. He was thrown over the handlebars of his bike and broke the back windscreen of the car with his head. There was an enormous lump on his forehead. So I took Paul then, uh, put him into the car. He walked out and got into the car and I went out to the family doctor, our family doctor's home. Uh, when I got there, the family doctor was not there. I came back into the town. I went to another surgery. And um, the doctor that um, owns that surgery, he wasn't about. But there was a, a young doctor there, I'm guessing about 23 years of age. So after a couple of minutes, that particular doctor told me to give Paul two junior disprints. I did that, and um, it took a while for the lump to go down on Paul's head, his forehead. Did it take a number of days? Oh, it did, yes. So you took him home, and all all the, the instructions you got at that stage was just take the disc and he'll be fine? Well, take two junior, junior discs, yeah. yeah. No word of taking them to hospital or anything like that, no? Not a word. Okay, no. so you take him home, and it took a number of days, and the lump went? The lump went inward, yeah. It didn't okay. bleed, the lump didn't yes. bleed, yeah, you yeah. know. So um, about a fortnight after that, uh, Paul and his sister's granddad came down from where he lives, came down on a Saturday, uh, you could call it for a sleepover. They were very, very close, the mm. children and their granddad. Mm. They were extremely close. So um, he came down on a Saturday morning and uh, the children's, my wife at the time, she was working and... Um, I decided we'd go for a drive, you know, just to get out of the house. So we went for a drive, and on the way back, we stopped for a, a bit of refreshment, you know. And we went in, and um, instead of sitting upright, Paul was lying down, you know, on the seat. And it was completely against character for Paul to be at that, you know. Absolutely, completely against character. So I asked Paul to get up, you know, and... Uh, Hindsight is wonderful, Jerry, you know. He got up all right, you know, and I thought no more of it when he got up, but thinking back, you know, he reluctantly got up, you know. Mm. He wanted to be resting, you know. But um, so anyway, we, we, we finished up there and we came on home and um, the, gran uh, the children's grandfather sat down at the fire there. There was two chairs there and he sat down at the fire and Paul sat up beside him. <clears throat> they were very, very close, the two of them, you know, the three of them, the two children and the granddad. But uh, Paul sat up beside him on another chair and uh, the granddad started snoozing a bit. And Sir Paul snoozed as well, you know. I thought it was OK, you know, they're just he's tired and he's resting, you know. So um, Sunday morning came and we were, we were uh, getting ready to leave the granddad back where he lived. And we went up, we we drove up, we were there, we were there for lunch. <clears throat> so we had our dinner, and um, after dinner, practically everybody was sitting round, you know. And I noticed Paul wasn't sitting round. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't in the area at all, you know. So uh, I went outside, and uh, I went outside to see if he was uh, kicking ball, 
which he normally would do when he'd be up there, you know, or he'd be over in the in the, the other house, uh, a neighbour's house, and he'd be playing. There was children there, yeah. and he'd be playing with those children, you know. Mm. And you're from Kells in County Meath. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes, You're from Kells. So, so were you in Kells that day, or were you somewhere else? You'd gone somewhere else, had you? That that particular day you're talking about that he was missing was that at home again? That oh happened? no, that was up in the granddad's house. Okay, grand. Yeah. So there, so he wasn't to be seen. Where was he? He, um, I came back in. I couldn't find him outside, mm. or he wasn't in the neighbour's house. So I came back in, and I, I thought, where is he? You know, and so I went up. Uh, I looked in the bathroom. In the bathroom, he wasn't there. Okay. I checked two two rooms on the right and on the left. He wasn't there. So the the room we use when we're up there, you know, when we go up... Visiting, yeah. <coughs> uh, I went up there, you know, and he, he had a, his own fold-up fold, fold up bed, you know. But it wasn't made up for him as of yet, you know. It was it was a little tabletop mm. thing, you know, and it wasn't made up for him uh, until the evening, you know. So when I looked in where we slept in the bed, we had our bed uh, when we were there. <coughs> he was in bed. Was he, he asleep? was in our bed. He was asleep with all his clothes on, shoes so, and everything. You know? So this, the, the, the alarm bells are starting to ring. You're starting to get worried. Did you wake him up? I didn't go near him, no. You left him? I just left him, yeah. Just, and did he wake himself? No. Oh, he, he woke afterwards. Mm. You know? And was he all right? <coughs> well, he, yeah, he was going about as, as OK, you mm. know. And then you went home with him? Yes? Um... Monday morning yeah. came and I got out of bed and uh, I, I was working in a factory at the time. Yeah. And were you back in Kells at this stage? Or were you No, we were, we were in the granddad's visiting. house. Yeah, yeah. OK. Uh, in Duleek. In Duleek, yeah. yes. And uh, I got up out of bed and I just tipped him as, you know, I just said, you're right, son, I don't want to be late for work, let's go. You know, that's the way we got on, you know. We mm. got on. Yeah, yeah. We were like brothers. But... Uh, so um, I went on down to the bathroom, and uh, when I was finished in the bathroom, I came out, and um, the, the 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 grandparents were up around Paul's bed. It was a, a low bed, you know, and um, you know, and, and and Paul's mother was there also, you know, and I wondered what's going on, you know. So when I walked up, uh, I could see them, you know, and Paul said. You tell me, Dad, I want him to carry me. I'm not able to walk. I thought my heart was going to stop, to be honest with you. I didn't know what was wrong with him. So when he was wrapped up in a blanket, Paul was wrapped up, you know, to keep him warm, mm. and I carried him out to the car. And I put him in the car, and he was laying on the back seat, you know, and his sister was, you know, there beside him, you know. So I brought him home anyway, and when I was taking him out of the car at home, he said, will you bring me straight to bed, Dad? So I brought him up, pulled him into his own bed at home. And um, I, gave him, I gave him a drink of Lucasade. And as soon as I gave him the drink of Lucasade, he threw it back up, you know. So I went off up to uh, the family doctor's clinic, where he would have been starting about nine o'clock. But the nurse was there, and I asked her to send the doctor down. That Paul needed to... He needed to see Paul. Mm. So about three hours later, the doctor came down. I showed him up to the room where Paul was in his bed, in his own room. And I said to the doctor when he walked into Paul's room, I said, Doctor, by the way, a couple of weeks ago, Paul hit the back of a parked car. He was thrown over the handlebars and he broke the back windscreen with his head. 
And he turned around and he said to me, this particular doctor who is since deceased, he turned around and he said to me, sure, if there was any brain damage done, it would be done by now, wouldn't it? So I, I had no comment to make regarding that, you know. It was an ill-thought comment you'd have well, to say, wasn't it? It really was. It wouldn't be today, mm. let's go mm. that way. No, no, no. <laughs> but anyway, the, yeah. he, he looked at Paul and then... He said to me, I want to see you downstairs. Mm. Went downstairs with him. And he said to me, I detect a mild form of meningitis. He could tell you that straight away? That's what he said, yeah. That's exactly what he said to me, you know. Then the alarm bells ring. Oh, big time. Now, I wasn't uh, as versed in meningitis then mm. as I am today, mm. but I knew it was trouble with the brain mm. and the head, you know. Do you think it was related to what happened the weeks earlier? Well, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll die wondering, you know. Mm. I'm not sure. You know who's to know who, who breaks a windscreen with their head. Anyway, what happened was you had to then move quickly and bring Paul. You had to bring Paul to hospital yourself, had you? Yeah. To Drogheda. Yeah. Back to Drogheda. I was five. I was five miles from Drogheda. In Dulik. In Dulik. Yeah. Now you were in Kells. I went to Kells. Yeah. And, and then I had to. Time I was lost. I got the letter off yeah, the doctor. Yeah. A referral. A referral letter. Mm. So anyway, got Paul back into the car. Got him to Drogheda. He was the usual um, legal, I beg your pardon, the usual um, clerical stuff at, yes. the, at the at the counter, you ah, know, yeah, yeah. and you know, where's mm. the time actually, you know, and um, that was going on anyway. And then Paul was taken into, um, he was taken into a room in A and E where lumbar puncture had to be uh, administered, you know. So lumbar puncture was done. Uh, I was with Paul about five minutes, four about five minutes before the lumbar puncture and that was done, and he was he was talking away, you know. But he, to be honest, he he, he just wasn't himself, you know. He was saying a few little things that that was completely out of character for him, you know, mm. you know. And and uh, I was there, and he said he wanted to go to the toilet, you know. And and I got one of the bottles, and I was hitting it off each side of his leg, and I said, "Go on, it's all right, it's all right, go." But he wouldn't, you know, he was a very vain little fellow. You yeah, know, he, well, he wouldn't. He's probably confused and everything at that he stage. He wouldn't go anyway. Yeah. So so the lumbar puncture was done then. I was asked to leave, go out and I was sitting with um, my wife at the time outside. And um, Paul told them to go away. He said, go away, go away. You know, like obviously it's a sore thing, you know, it's a sore procedure. Mm. I know today it is. But um, the next thing was there was... There was panics. There was definitely panics. Paul was pushed out into the corridor, you know, on a trolley, one of the trolleys, you know, and they were saying, he has to be got to theatre. This has to be done again. This has to be done again. Get him up to theatre. So we went up. Sorry, we were taken up to the fifth floor and we we were there for a while. And this doctor came out and he said to both myself and and Paul's mum, he said... um, do you, do you realise how sick Paul is? I looked at him, you know, and I said, he's sick. <laughs> like, you know, but do you realise how sick he is? He said He said that twice. And I said to him, how sick is Paul? He's a 50-50 chance. So, that went on, Jerry, for... Uh, Paul was clinically dead in, in uh, intensive care. At that point in time? Yeah. As quickly as that? As quickly as that. 
He never spoke another word, you know. He was in intensive care with this respirator on him, life support, and his paediatrician told me that normally a person that would um, go into hospital, let it be adult or child, uh, that they would be normally dead within a few hours. But he said, I can't understand it. He said, Paul's heart was that strong, he said. He lasted 18 days. So 18 days on life support before. That his heart was that strong, yeah. Did he go himself or did they switch off? Or did you have to oh, make that decision? Himself, I, oh, I no, no. Was, oh, You'd I, never have done that? Oh, never in a lifetime. Mm. Never, never. Mm. And the paediatrician said to me, he said, you know, if Paul came out of this, he said, um, he would be a vegetable. He said, what would you have done? He said, I said I would have devoted the rest of my life to him. He said, I would have killed you. I said, I didn't care. I would have devoted the rest of my life to him, I said, which I would have done. Because when Paul died that day, two of us died, you know. My life my life has never been the same since, and uh, my life will never be the same again, you know. But I'm hoping that this, what I'm saying today, and I've meant to do it many times, you know, and it's when I heard your programme in the last week or so, there were people in discussing, their, you know, speaking about their children that died and whatever, you know, and I said, this is it, I'm doing it now. You know, I'm, a, you know, I'm not that brave coming into a studio or that, but it might help somebody not to do what I did, to go directly to the hospital with a, a head injury. That That's what I would suggest to anybody, you know. And, uh, you know, that I, I'm, I just shared my experience today and, and hopefully it'll be of help to somebody. It absolutely will be of help to somebody, Frank, for sure. And I know how deeply this has affected you in particular and your family all these years. But it is humbling that you've come here today to tell us your story on Late Lunch. And I really do appreciate it. And it is a salutary message for so many parents as well. Don't hold back. Move speedily. Act. Err on the side of caution. Go straight to the hospital if you feel it warrants it. Absolutely, Jerry. yeah. Frank Wright, thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you, Jerry. Give me the opportunity. If you have a story like Frank Wright's that you heard there a moment ago, or you'd like to recommend a guest or suggest a topic to us on Late Lunch, you can always get in touch with us. Love to hear from you. You can write into us if you'd like. People do still write and send us cards and letters. But you can contact us easily with your recommendations or your stories. Latelunch at lmfm.ie. That's the email address. Latelunch at lmfm.ie. You can WhatsApp or text us to 086-1800-658 or call in on the old dog and bone, 1850-715-958. News and sport to come now at three o'clock. And after that, I'm joined by Graeme Mulhern. He's an internet safety expert and he wants to talk to parents about how to mind your children in that online space. It's a difficult, difficult place. It's dangerous. It's fantastic. On the other hand, Graham has the lowdown with us on Late Lunch after three. I take it that many of you parents do, or maybe there's a lot of you don't realise that secondary schools are a minefield for cyberbullying and negative online interactions. And with this in mind, St. Patrick's Classical School in Navin 
have organised an internet safety parent talk and it's happening tomorrow evening, the 21st of January at half past seven in St. Patrick's Classical School and the man delivering the talk joins me, Graham Mulhern from Be Secure Online. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking our call today. Well, first of all, tomorrow night's talk you're giving, just for parents, I take it, of those attending St. Patrick's. Yeah. Um, well, it's part of a wider thing that the um, the principal and the chaplain there have asked us to go over and talk to, I think, all of the boys, and then in the evening to talk to the parents. Okay. And so it's a very, it's a big challenge Sorry, I've just walked the dog, so I'm just getting my breath back. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a big challenge um, to um, it's a big chance to get parents to turn out, and senior schools in particular have a great difficulty in getting parents to turn up for anything, um, aside from maybe the parent-teacher meeting, and even yeah. that's a struggle for them. So I made contact with your good selves, do a lot of radio and that sort of thing, and just said, look, let's get some parents there, because there's 1,200 of them, yeah. and, you know, the internet's something to be scared of, it's something to take advantage of, and uh, let's, while the government's given no lead on anything, let's try and do something. Okay, good, good on you, and that's what we're here today to do, to ask parents of students at St. Pat's to come along tomorrow night. This is going to be really beneficial for you too. So you're talking to the guys in the school tomorrow, and then you move on to talk with the parents. I I take it, let's talk from the parents' point of view, because uh, I know there are a lot of parents listening to us today as they pick up from schools and they're ferrying uh, young people around at this time. I take it when you go to second level, most of them have a device or are online as they enter secondary school. Yeah, absolutely, Jerry. And I mean, I wouldn't want to just claim this for myself. I would say every school in the area, and just to let you know, the Safer Internet Day is the 11th of February, and a lot of schools will be organising something primary and secondary throughout the entire area. So it'd be great to think that the schools could rely on the parents to turn up. And um, so that's a shout out to everybody doing this. And Tuesday the 11th is Safer Internet Day. It's only around the corner. Um, And um, now you're asking about devices. Yes, everybody's Um, online, I take it. These young lads are, or young girls, be it a girls' school or a mixed school, whatever. When they go into secondary school, they're there already. Has the horse bolted? Oh, the horse is well bolted, um, and uh, she's she's the horse is out of sight. But that doesn't mean we need to um, to, to to take fright at this. And we will find the horse again. And um, we, we, you know, if with a little insistence, we can um, uh, we can do proper parenting and get the horse back in the stable. Um, just to let you know, Jerry, we're seeing you are seeing devices um, being given to kids as young as uh, six and seven and eight. Um, and as they churn phones through the teenagers, younger and younger kids. So you'd be, you'd regularly see kids with Snapchat accounts of nine, ten years of age in primary school. That wouldn't be unusual at all. Um, in senior school, absolutely every kid has a device and possibly access to three or four. And that's where the difficulties arise. And, um, so we'll be talking, um, through everything tomorrow with regards to well-being and uh, what parents should be looking out for and giving parents some basics. Um, and here's one great basic, uh, Jerry. Why do teenagers think that they, don't, they, they have the right to keep their phones private? I, I, you know, if you want to see what's on your kid's Snapchat account or TikTok or uh, WhatsApp or what's on the phone, just ask and then demand. And insist that you're shown because a lot of parents just leave it be and say, yeah. oh, they'll be grand. That's the 
cardinal error, I take it. Yeah, it's a massive cardinal error. And for some reason, parents have become afraid of this. We need to get back in the parenting game and just say, look, you're in my house. I'm responsible for everything you do. And by the way, that 80 quid a month or whatever I'm paying for the data plan or whatever. And now, of course, it's not 80 quid. I'm paying for everything and I'm liable for everything that you do. And um, why can't I look at? And no, you shouldn't have any expectation of privacy. Now, I know because I'm a parent of a teenager myself, not a, but several um, I know that's a battle that's um, that's uh, n- uh, not easily won. Um, but the first test is show me your phone, and if they're not showing it to you, you know there's stuff on it. Yeah, and when you get this, sure, so and so doesn't have to show their parents. You know the usual. You've heard that many times. You're you're an awful yeah. parent. You're a terrible mum, a terrible dad. You're imposing on my freedom. You're uh, you know you shouldn't be able to delve into what I do. What do you say to that? Well, that's the first sign that you're actually a great parent. So um, (laughs) just because the teenager doesn't like it doesn't mean you're uh, not a great parent. Um, But, um, you know, the the more work you put into managing your kids' internet life uh, now, the better they will do in life. Um, you know, they, they need to make it, they need to introduce and reintroduce balance into their lives. And if they can win on the internet by learning to resist the chocolate and not be on it all the time, they'll be winners. They'll do better in sports, life, everything, job applications, results in school, everything. Um, we've got to, we've got to take this one back from the kids and reassert ourselves and show them that there is balance in here and that they can put the phone down. Where do you stand on parents who pay the bills? And that's a very important point to make. When you said 80 quid, that quid there, my producer Louise nearly fell off the chair because she has three of them and she just thought I may get a second job. But anyway, yeah. leaving that aside for a moment, where do you stand on parents who control the access, broadband access uh, to their homes, switching it off and allowing certain times when they're on and that? What do you, how do you feel about that? 100%, uh, exactly the way to go. Um, uh, some mothers are so desperate in the long summer months that they actually take the Wi-Fi router to work with them and think that's a winning strategy. Um, I mean, that's one strategy, but it's not the best. But it, it's it's illustration of the um, frustration that parents have. And, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I have a household over Christmas where the kids were horizontal and munched their way through the celebrations uh, for six, seven hours a day. Um, that's okay one or two days in a row, but if you're doing that 15, 20 days over Christmas in a row, you're not winning online. We're trying to... The internet is the future. I mean, we've got to realise that and we've got to embrace it. I mean, the high street, you can't rent a shop now unless you're able to prove that uh, your business will not be affected by Amazon or the internet. So it's all around us. Um, Where am I on? Your question was about parental control, time limits, access. I'm I'm 100% behind that. And why not? Why should your 12-year-old be on the mobile at um, at 1 o'clock in the morning when you can easily block the Wi-Fi and the data with good parental controls on the phone? And one for, one for everybody, um, if your kid has an iPhone, there's a thing called screen time, and that's, in, that's new since September. And it's in settings, screen time, and just switch that on, all on every phone in the house, especially the kids. Okay, and then you'll know for a fact what's happening. Um, Discussion-wise, when people sit down, they do still sit down to have tea in some houses and a bit of dinner and things like that. What about in that environment with them, talking about it and pointing out the, the potential pitfalls in it? Good idea also to have that in conversation. 
Absolutely. Not just in conversation, it's to reintroduce family mealtimes. Um, I mean, I, I go back one step, we can come to that. I have a simple one that our, our staff give out in primary school and to teenagers. If you were addressing your mum, you look her in the eye and you take your face out of the phone and even better. And um, why shouldn't every meeting in the adult world start that way too? We all put our phones down or leave them in a box outside the room. Um, the internet's a learned habit and we need to start learning our way back to winning online. Um, uh, everybody is holding their phone too much and mealtime is a special time and we must get parents and kids alike to uh, put the phone down. It's not necessary. Um, they already have fantastic relationships with the people at the other end of the phone. They maybe need to rebuild some of the relationships back in the house. So I'm a big fan of family meantime or talking to your parents means looking them in the eye, heads up, eat your dinner and chat with your family. And leave that phone aside. Yeah, leave that phone aside. No phone, switch them off or put them outside or leave them there. We call it the no phone dinner, Jerry. Very simple. Yeah. The no phone dinner. It's it's really simple to get this right. And the government's going to provide no lead for uh, God knows how long. But simple things like um, uh, when Nana's here, we put the phone down. When I'm talking to my mum, I look her directly in the eye. And uh, we do not, the, the phone, as we have a line in one of our slides, Jerry, the phone is not a spoon. Uh, put the phone down and eat your dinner and chat with the people at the table. No phone dinner. Very simple. Very important. Here's a message from a listener today. I love this. Jerry, will you tell your guest, we went to, to Tenerife uh, last year for two weeks. We have three children. The phones were left at home. They had the best time of their lives and they didn't miss them. Yeah, there you go. And uh, and everybody booking holidays right now, Jerry, will not be permitted to book unless the, the kids are guaranteed that there's Wi-Fi there. Um, so, um, but there's one family taking it the right way. And you you are bound to have better time. Um, phones just get in the way. But I mean, I have teenagers and they demand Wi-Fi because they, would, they don't want to miss Love Island, you know. Um, <laughs> well, that's reason enough to have no Wi-Fi in my book. <laughs> That's it, Jerry. No love island. <laughs> Are we just jealous, Jerry? Is no, no, it? no, no, no. I think I'm of an age where I've copped on what all that's about. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, uh, on a serious note, I just want to remind them again, you're in St. Patrick's Classical School in Navin. Tomorrow, be secure online. And we're saying to parents, and there's a lot listening today of students there, Come along, you'll learn an awful lot, you'll pick up, you'll be able to exchange with others and most importantly, you will hear from Graeme Mulhern. It's starting at half past seven in St. Pat's and everybody is welcome. Thank you for joining me, Graeme. My pleasure. Thank you, Jerry. Take care, he said. Bye-bye. That's Graeme Mulhern there from Be Secure Online. Anyway, that's almost a lot on Late Lunch for this Monday afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Back to do it all again tomorrow from half past one. Again, congratulations to the Fly Me to Dubai winner. Well done to you, Mary Rogan, and health to wear. We leave you in the company of the wonderful Abba today and Dancing Queen. And she took a couple of times to answer the phone, Mary, but I'd say she was dancing around the kitchen afterwards. See you tomorrow.
The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to challenge us for the best deal on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.